Welcome back to the waiver show of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kent Wyrock. I'm joined once again by Betts. We're here holding it down. How was uh, week two for you there? It was overall an okay week. Had some good performances and some not so good performances. I unfortunately was playing against a lot of AJ Green this week, so that was tough to come back from. Yeah, that was pretty huge on uh, Thursday night. It was nice having those 26-odd points or whatever it was sitting on on my roster all week waiting for Sunday to come around in the league that I had them. So that was that was very fun to have. But yeah, Nothing worse than knowing you lost your week on Thursday night. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is. And no, I ended up losing that matchup because I went against Mahomes and Melvin Gordon and I forget who else, but it was just. Oh, those guys just an, off. You cannot, it was an atrocity. I, I even texted my friend. I was like, I'm so mad that you're me- beating me this week because I actually had a really solid week, and his just just went off. It was unbelievable. So That's the, but, the fantasy life right there. Yeah, 100%. It's just you can't escape it. But let's, uh, let's go into some week two waiver pickups. We are recording this a little bit earlier this week, so the Monday night game has yet to occur. There is just the one remaining game. It's the Seahawks against the Bears, and it's probably going to be – a little boring. I'm not going to lie. I don't think it's that exciting of a matchup. Uh, but anyway, we'll, uh, there might be some some lingering guys after that, that game is expired and, and they could hit waivers. So we'll talk about the ones we know about. We're going to roll through once again, going through, we're going to start with the running backs. So right away, I think we have to talk about Joe Mixon got injured and Gio Bernard is the replacement guy here. He's currently 28% owned in Yahoo leagues. Uh, this is a guy you got to go get. I think that you're committing a good chunk of your fab if you desperately need a running back. Uh, he might only fill in for you know three or so weeks. I think the the reports on Mixon have been kind of vague. Maybe you could jump in real quick on that. Yeah, right now the recovery timeline for Mixon is about two to four weeks. So right around that three week mark is is right on track. Uh, Mixon was in and out of the lineup a bunch. Uh, during that Thursday night game, and he tweaked his knee. Um, basically, the report came out from Adam Schefter that he had basically a part a particle floating around in his knee that had dislodged. Generally, that means um, a cartilage injury where a piece of it kind of flakes off and gets stuck on the joint. When it gets stuck kind of in there, it can irritate the knee. It can basically limit your motion and cause swelling and all that kind of stuff. So it's a very simple uh, procedure. They just go in through the scope, take it out, and then pretty much he's good to go. So after the recovery there, it's going to be pretty straightforward. There's not really any long-term concerns associated with this. But for those two to four weeks, Gio Bernard is going to be a very usable asset in fantasy football. 100%. And if we're talking, let's say he does miss four weeks, that's going through week six. And now I I don't know when their bye is, but I I know that the next three games are Carolina, Atlanta, Miami. Those are three very solid matchups, I think. Uh, And you're going to want to get Gio Bernard and I think start him – play him every single week uh in there so that's that's talking about boosting your winning percentage for you know through week five that greatly increases your chance of making the playoffs uh, this is one of those guys you got to go get you know unfortunately he might not be any use after week six or seven or so but uh yeah i think he's worth getting i think he's a 25 percent fab candidate for me if i if i really need a running back 100%. And, and just to touch on that, too, in games where Gio's gotten at least 15 carries when he's been with the Bengals, which has been, I think it's 11 games, he averages a total of 112 scrimmage yards. So mm-hmm. uh, when he's in there, he's productive. I'm with you. I'm willing to spend 20 to 25% of my fab budget to go get him. And if I get him, I'm going to start him over the next three weeks. 
Yep, 100%. So let's keep it moving here. We're going to go on to Corey Clement. Uh, he's the running back for the Eagles. Now, Jay Ajayi, I, you know, did he get beat up a little bit in this last game? I know Sproles got injured uh, and, and was not able to finish the game. But uh, tell me tell me what you know about this backfield and why you know any healthy running back might be useful. Yeah, for sure. JJ was was mostly out of the game for the first half. I think he only played in two snaps because um, he was dealing with some back soreness and tightness. Not really sure exactly what's going on with that and really what that means. I just think that this kind of speaks to the fact that, as we know, JJ has got a lengthy history of, of injuries and has had a little bit of durability issues over the years. So it's uh, just one kind of knock against him again. Fortunately, he did come back in and he played the second half. So uh, not exactly sure what's going on with that. We're going to have to monitor that as the week goes through with the practice reports. But, I mean, as far as owning any running back in that offense, there is a man by the name of Carson Wentz who has been cleared to come back and play. Yeah, buddy. And the smile on my face is enormous. I'm so happy that he's back. Um, he just got the clear from the medical staff for contact, and he is going to start in week three. So you're going to want uh, a lot of the weapons that are in that Philadelphia offense. 100% agree, and we'll we'll talk more on that on the main show on Wednesday when we record. But Clement, I think, strikes me as an intriguing target. He had uh, 30 yards rushing with a touchdown this last week, and then five receptions for 55 yards. He's uh, definitely a utility guy and useful in all situations. So uh, if his snap percentage is looking to go up for the next couple weeks while these guys deal with you know bumps and bruises, then you know he's worth. You know, I think I put five bucks, maybe a mid tier priority waiver uh, if you do rolling waivers on him so, you know something to fill the bench and kind of have a, a guy if I absolutely need it uh, as these bye weeks start to approach and things like that so he's worth rostering if, if you're deep enough and you know running back is a commodity that you can seem to never have enough of so uh, I'll go get one if man. I need to running back and stash him. that's what you got to do mm-hmm. all right let's go on to uh Javorius or Buck Allen, as most people know him. He's 8% owned currently on Yahoo and recently was announced that Kenneth Dixon has gone to IR. I believe that was with a knee injury. I don't have it written down here in front of me, but. Yep, uh, that's correct. Yeah. Yep. And now I understand he is a candidate to return this year because apparently they still like him. And I think there's a good reason to, but let's not get into that right now. Um, but at least for the time being, Buck Allen is going to have value. And Alex Com. Collins has had a little bit of fumble-itis recently and hasn't been the most consistent. So, you know, it could be reasonable that this is like a 60-40 backfield, and that's and that's going to allot some catching duties to Buck Allen. And I think he's worth rostering in any format at the moment. I think he's he's going to have some usage. Yeah, in week two, he, uh, he caught five balls for 36 yards and a score. So um, he absolutely is going to be playable. And, and the thing that, you know, Alex Collins owners are so frustrated with myself included is the fact that Buck Allen is a thing when they get inside the red zone. Oh my God. When they get inside the five yard line. I don't know why, but those halfback dives, uh, man, that that, that halfback dive, man, it gets me every time. Um, Just to speak to that on goal to go situations, Alex Collins has had six, six touches. Buck Allen has had five on the season. So they're pretty Mm -hmm. much an even split there. Um, The opportunity is going to be there. So he will definitely be falling into the end zone quite a bit for that offense. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need, just someone who can fall right in there. It's like, well, I, I remember I had Chris Ivory on the Jets a couple of seasons ago, and that's really all he was. He was just like a guy who fell into the end zone. He'd have like six yards on the day and two touchdowns. and uh, That's all yeah, you need, man. Buck Allen can do that. So, 
Absolutely. Or, yeah, I, I have about 10 to 13% fab is I think what I would spend on him right now. How, how do you feel about that? Yep, I'm with you. I uh, I also listed 12% of my budget, and if it's a rolling max kind of bid, I would probably put him in the 5 to 6 category. Yeah. Kind of a middle-of-the-road type of ad this week. Yep, I, I absolutely agree with that. Let's go on to another guy that not many people probably know about. His name is Ito Smith. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, yep, he's a run, he's a running back for the Falcons, and he is uh, now stepped into the number two duties behind Tevin Coleman in the absence of Devonta Freeman. Uh, how how long are you expecting Freeman to be out? The initial reports are a couple of weeks, two to three is kind of what's been what's been out there. But I'm not convinced it's not going to be longer or be a situation where. Freeman comes back in for a week or two, and then he's out for a week. Comes back in, and he's out. So it could be one of those situations. Um, he's dealing with a pretty significant bone bruise to his knee, and it's the same knee that he injured last season um, in which he had a PCL sprain and an MCL sprain. So uh, we do know that PCL injuries can linger off and on for the first year after the injury. Um, so it really is not too surprising with Devonta Freeman here. Um, this week, I think it's safe to say that he will be out. Next week, there's a chance he could be back, but the practice reports are going to tell us a lot more about that. Yeah, and, you know, this guy, this kid, I should say, he's still pretty young. He came out and rushed nine times for 46 yards at 5.1 a clip, which is really, really strong. And then he had, he had a reception for eight yards as well. So he's, you know, at least in this one real quick game getting some usage. Uh, and, you know, that, that backfield has always kind of been uh, you know, a two-headed backfield as far as Freeman and Coleman. And now I think Coleman will step up into that Freeman role, and that leaves Smith to be in the Coleman role. So, worth looking at. Yeah, which ironically, most people in the Dynasty community have kind of predicted that that's the potential that he could be next season if if Tevin Coleman does leave in free agency. So, he's kind of a guy that um, most people pegged as that Tevin Coleman light type of player. So, mm-hmm. now he gets the chance to prove whether or not he actually is going to be that um, yeah. moving forward. Consider this your interview, Ido Smith. It's... Uh... Time to prove you got the stuff. Yeah, no joke. Let's move on to the wide receivers now. I think the big name this week that I want to talk about is John Brown. Smokey, good old Smokey. Um, boy, do I hope this guy stays healthy because when he plays, he's just fun to watch. I mean, one of the best red zone threats I think there is in the game right now as far as like how he releases on his routes and everything, and he just gets open, man. It's unbelievable. So tell me what your thoughts are on John Smokey Brown. Smokey is a great word for this guy. He is smoking hot right now. Two weeks, two touchdowns. I like the player a lot. Um, he's been a guy who unfortunately has been derailed by some injuries. Um, he's got the sickle cell trait, which as we know can cause some soft tissue injuries. But when he's out there, he looks great. Uh, in week two, four receptions for 92 yards and a score. Um, listen, man, Joe Flacco, he's playing well. And I hate to say this because it sounds really gross, but I <laughs> want his pass catchers. Ooh, yeah. This, it was considered one of the grosser uh, passing attacks, I think, coming into the season. And the, the reason I was a bit concerned about John Brown after the first week when he had the touchdown was that he only got four targets. And then he came out week two and he got ten targets, only caught four of them. But for 92 and a score, obviously that's a very good day. Uh, we, we were almost going to talk about him last week for like a couple bucks and that would have been a great time to get him because now I think I'm ready to start committing into that that teenage percentage, uh, you know, fab budget to, to get him. I think I'm in the 15 to 17 percent range. 
I think he's definitely worth rostering. He's the wide receiver one on this team, and he looks good. You think you you take him over um, Crabtree as the one? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he's just he's he's younger. Well, a little bit younger, but uh, he's got more upside to him, I think, than Crabtree does. Crabtree's like a he's just been really good in the red zone, and beyond that, it's just been kind of pedestrian uh, the last few years here. So, yeah, I think I would take John Brown. Gotcha. Yeah, I was I was very excited about Crabtree this year, but just kind of given what we've seen over the course of the first two weeks, he definitely seems like he's lost a step, and now he's kind of settling into more of that possession type of receiver, whereas John Brown definitely can explode uh, and get you those big plays for sure. So I like it. All right, great. Let's go on to D.D. Westbrook over with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is kind of a low-budget pickup here that I think not many people are going to be talking about or thinking about. But uh, Keelan Cole just had a huge game, and and D.D. Westbrook also had a pretty solid game. He had five targets, four receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, against a pretty good New England Patriots defense. So I think his role is going to be very consistent this year, you know, with Marquise Lee not being in the mix. And Dante Moncrief, you know, he's already getting banged up. I, I, I didn't hear exactly what his injury was or if he's going to be out at all, but he, he's just always been kind of nicked up. And I think that, you know, the person who stands to benefit from that the most is going to be Westbrook. So I'd be willing to drop a couple bucks on him just in case someone tries to zero or $1 bid uh, to get him. So I'll put two, three, four, five out there, maybe depending on how my teammates or excuse me, league mates act. And uh, yeah, I'll roster him. Yeah, I think he's definitely worth the roster spot for sure. I'm just not sure that I'm quite in the same camp as you in terms of his reliability. Um, We do know that in general, that offense is more geared towards the running game. It's possible that we saw more of a passing approach given that uh, Leonard Fournette was out with that hamstring injury. So I don't know that I'd technically buy into the fact that he's going to be a weekly startable asset moving forward. Um, But definitely a guy that I'm interested to roster and just kind of see what happens there. You mentioned the Dante Moncrief thing. Certainly he's been a guy who's not been reliable with injuries in the past two to three years. So if it's only those two in in Keelan Cole and uh, D.D. Westbrook, I like him a lot more if Moncrief misses any time. Yep, 100% agree. Let's go on to, I think, probably the most intriguing pickup of the week, uh, Antonio Callaway. Now, we didn't really talk about him. We probably won't talk about it until Wednesday, but Josh Gordon got traded to the Patriots. So that leaves a wake in Cleveland as far as where targets are going to go. Antonio Callaway shows up this last week after, you know, Gordon got scratched for his hamstring injury, quote unquote, which is now healthy, by the way, but we won't talk about that. He had four. That was so weird. But um, so Callaway had four targets for uh, and three receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Also had two rushes for seven yards. So they're trying to get him involved right away. He was a highly touted talented wide receiver in the draft. Now, he didn't get drafted until the fourth because he had some off-the-field issues. And I think everything sounded pretty clean so far outside of one story uh, that seems to have dissolved. So I think I'm ready to, you know, give him a shot. I think he's worth a good chunk of fab if you're in need of a wide receiver. You know, probably 15% there. I'd use a number one waiver on him. I think he's electric. Uh, 
powerful, strong receiver, very quick, and uh, he looks pretty good on the field. He does look good, and like you mentioned, he produced this past Sunday. A lot of it came on one long touchdown throw from mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor, um, but I'm certain that that's going to increase in terms of his overall uh, target share and his, his overall usage. So I'm confident in that he's going to be a fantasy-relevant player this this year moving forward, especially with Josh Gordon not being there. We know the Browns like him a lot, as we saw through Hard Knocks. I'm with you. I'm spending up to 15% of my, my fab budget to go get him. Um, and I think that maybe not yet, but I think in the future he's going to be a weekly flex start consideration uh, in your lineup. So I'm I'm with you. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's uh, he's really exciting. And I actually I did grab him as soon as I heard in one deep league. I grabbed him uh, before the week, so I got him for free. So that was pretty nice. But all right, let's go on to a couple of tight ends that I think are interesting. There's there's not a lot of like great huge tight end pickups like last week. Uh, in Kittle and Janu. So let's talk about a couple maybe like streaming candidates. Uh, Austin Severian Jenkins is the first guy on the board. He's he's 32% owned right now, so he's in he's in a few leagues. But I might drop a couple bucks on him to play him at home against Tennessee, uh, In again, in absence of Leonard Fournette being on this team, so they might still need to rely on the passing attack. He caught a touchdown this last week, had five targets both week one and week two. So... It's not like a super upside guy, but I think he's going to get red zone looks. So I'd be interested in, you know, paying a buck or two to stream him. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do roster him and you start him, you're definitely relying on a touchdown for uh, Austin Severian Jenkins. You already mentioned he had one last week and he actually uh, had one in week one that got called back. So, oh, yeah. you know, if he if he scores both of those, then I think most people look at him as a better option than what he might be. Um I think that it's going to be a risky type of play at the tight end situation, but if you've punted the position and you have no one else that is a reliable option, I agree. He's startable next week against Tennessee and could easily find the end zone. Yeah, and and let's go on to another tight end who just had a big week as well on five targets also. He's had five targets week one and week two. Jesse James of the Pittsburgh Steelers was a part of that just – slaughter fest of the Chiefs versus Steelers game holy buckets was that fun to watch but uh yeah Jesse James came away with five receptions for 138 yards and a touchdown a lot of people look to Vance McDonald the other tight end on the Steelers roster to kind of step up after he was coming back from injury but he did not contribute very much and Jesse James was the guy who got the bulk of the work uh so Jesse James, what do you think? Is he worth worth running? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not I'm not too too excited about him. I think that uh, if you're if you're desperate, he's worth a shot. As you know, it's a great offense and it's a high powered offense. And we've talked about this a lot over the summer in terms of talking about how much Big Ben likes to target the tight end position when he has a serviceable option. Um, I don't know that Jesse James is it. I've already kind of expressed my my preference for Vance McDonald at, at that position. Um, to be honest, I view this as more kind of a, a blip on the radar than anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you if you want to add him for a dollar or zero dollars, I'm totally fine with that. But I wouldn't be going to chase this production uh, week to week. I think it was more a result of how much of a shootout that game was, which was, like you mentioned, an absolute blast to watch. So oh, my God. Not Seriously. as high uh, on James as we are on potentially getting ASJ, but still a guy you could – potentially plug and play do you uh if you saw jesse james advance mcdonald on your waiver wire which one would you pick up 
Can I vote for neither? Uh, yes, you can. You can vote for neither. Um, I would probably pass on the two. If I'm doing it as more of a need a tight end and have to play one next week, I would go James. If I'm doing more of a speculative ad and seeing what happens that in hopes that in three weeks I have a reliable tight end, I would go Vance McDonald's. Yeah, I'm with you there. Deep, deep league, long roster. Uh, I might hold on to Vance for a few weeks, but if I can help it, I'm not going to try and play either of these guys outside of like DFS. So. Yeah, and real quick too, before we move on to uh, our last couple of positions here, um, you already mentioned Jonu Smith. He was one guy that we talked a lot about on our last pod. So you know, go back to week one, uh, uh, waiver pod, and check that out. But he did not do much this week, so there could be a lot of unhappy owners out there who might drop him. So if he does end up on waivers, I would preference him over ASJ and Jesse James. Hundred percent agree. I I am, I am actually one of those sad owners who started Jonu Smith in one league. Uh, but he played 100% of snaps week two. That's huge. Exactly. 100%. Every single offensive snap, he was out there. Uh, I will take a tight end who does that. No, I mean, he will get targets. Targets will come if they're playing snaps. It's one of the reasons I, I look at snap counts every week because it's important to note who's on the field and who's running those passing routes. For sure. And just to kind of give – uh, give Jono an out for this past week. Blaine Gabbert was was playing Ooh. in Mariota's place mm-hmm. um, because of the the elbow, the nerve contusion. So he was still having yeah. some issues, Mariota that is, with gripping the football before the game. So it's really not um, an injury, quote unquote, in the fact that we're worried about this happening over and over and over again. The nerve is just not fully functioning the way it should yet. I anticipate Mariota will be back for next week. Yeah, I mean, he was active backing up Gabbert, so it's it sounds to me like it's nothing long-term. I'm with yeah, you. Exactly. All right, let's talk about a couple of uh, your, your most favorite positions. We got one DST and one kicker we want to talk about. Uh, actually, real quick, let's just talk about Dan Bailey. He got, you know, uh, well, the Vikings cut uh, Daniel Carlson, our fifth-round kicker who missed three field goals and caused us to tie the game against the Packers this last week, which is probably the game of the week if you want to go watch it. I'm not even being a homer. Uh, that was an outstanding game. But, that was an awesome game to watch. Yeah. Uh, pretty disappointing it was a tie rather than a win there at the end of overtime. But Dan Bailey, you know, second most accurate kicker all time. Worth worth rostering, right? I think Absolutely. so. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really all there is to it at the moment. He's going to be on a good offense, and uh, he's going to be pretty cheap. And you, if you're playing kickers, you might need a kicker. So go ahead and get him. Yeah, and there are very few kickers that I would honestly like keep on a week-to-week basis. Like sometimes I like to drop my kicker and pick up an extra just bench stash in a league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one kicker that I would not drop because he is of the best and will get you production on a very good offense. So um, definitely don't put any fab on him. It's a zero dollar yeah. pickup, but uh, for sure worth a worth an ad. Yeah, kickers are people too. All right. <laughs> And they one last thing. Feelings. Yeah, they do. They do have feelings. I'm sure Daniel Carlson's feelings are very hurt today. But uh, real before- quick, did you, did you see the thing going on on Twitter? Zane Gonzalez, the Browns kicker, yeah. is the name of, of him. There was a like a D two or like D three baseball coach whose also name is Zane Gonzalez, and he screenshotted like all the hate tweets he was getting from oh random people. Oh my god! Um, really? Which was ridiculous. So if you're out wow. there, don't send tweets yeah to no angry fans get real obnoxious real quick but uh 
Yeah, our, before we close out the show, let's let's talk about one DST real quick. And this one I think is intriguing. It's low ownership, basically free. Put a minimum bid on it. The Cleveland Browns DST I think is worth picking up and playing week three against the Jets. Through the first two games, they have eight turnovers, and they've only allowed 21 points in both games. They're looking okay. I mean, they We've never had an issue with their defense. Last year, their defense was really strong against the run. It was one of the top teams last year, I think even top 10. Uh, and they've picked up some more defensive backs that I think have been really good at ball hawking and causing those interceptions. So if they keep up this streak, there's going to be points there. I think they scored 11 week one and nine week two uh, in standard defensive scoring. So that's that's worth giving a go. And Sam Darnold, you know, he's looked okay all right, but uh, he's looked okay so far, but he's thrown three interceptions through two games, and he's a rookie. He's still got growing pains, so I'm willing to uh, give him a go this week for free. Yeah, for sure, and I think that they might even be worth a, a potential uh, start in week four as well, so this could be a two-week pickup if you do decide to, to grab them. Uh, they've got Oakland on mm. week four. Good call. So Oakland hasn't been anything crazy to write home about. The offense has been pretty middle-of-the-road kind of average, so uh, certainly streamable during that matchup as well. All right. I agree with that. That's great. So that was it for the Waiver Show today. Uh, thanks for swinging by and listening. Hopefully you uh, get some bids out there on these guys, uh, improve your rosters. You know, fantasy football is a season-long commitment, and you got to be able to be on those waivers every week because your team will get better uh, as, as the year goes on. So stick it out. Uh, Put in some smart bids and hopefully go get your guys. Bets, you got anything else for us? No, that was uh, very well put. I agree with that for sure. The The waivers are an easy way to make your team better without sacrificing a lot of talent um, on your own roster, such as via trade. So uh, keep keep working the waivers um, and keep listening to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast as we will be, we will be back on Wednesday night. Yeah, all right. So we'll be there to preview some games and talk about our starts and sits of the week. So thanks for listening. Once again, we are the Red Shirts.